The Thriving Over Surviving podcast is for informational and inspirational purposes and not meant to be medical advice. Please consult your physician for any medical issues you may be facing. The opinions expressed by guests and advertisers are their own and not necessarily the opinions of Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Mild versus strong ketosis matters for the brain. And that's what I told the guy that texted me today. I said, we got to get those ketones up because he's having some neuro symptoms. Did you guys know that there is this pathway called the kynurenine pathway, and it can lead to neuroinflammation and damage. And this pathway is implicated in MS. Using a ketogenic diet can actually help turn off this pathway. My guest today, Dr. Taylor, is back for his second round on the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. And so we're going to talk to him about how keto might help us get out of this neuroinflammation business, which is our main goal, right? To get that inflammation down. So Dr. Taylor, welcome back. Thank you, Edie. Thank you for having me. Kynurenine pathway, but I talk about it with COVID too. It's a big COVID thing too. So with long COVID and a lot of the neuroinflammation, the kynurenine pathway. So yeah, this is a, a fascinating topic with you know neuroinflammation, with MS and et cetera, and the ketogenic diet. Now I was looking for my studies through my studies, and I found this one that says the ketogenic diet as a metabolic treatment for mental illness. So this is a study that I share with patients all the time. This is from current opinions in endocrinology. So this is hormone doctors are talking about how a ketogenic diet is a metabolic treatment for mental illness. So and it talks about. So let me just read this if you might, if I may. But it says many neurologic diseases, including epilepsy and mental illness share the four underlying processes of glucose hypometabolism, so like blood sugar swings, neurotransmitter imbalances, oxidative stress, and inflammation. Mechanistically, the ketogenic diet can circumvent dysfunctional glucose metabolism, restore neurotransmitter balance, and reduce oxidative stress and inflammation. So I think that kind of, without you know trying to divert from the kynurenine, you know, I want to keep talking about that, but that also is associated with MS too. And so I think that a lot of people just don't know that the research shows that for keto and neurologic diseases of all kinds, because the neurons thrive on ketones. Interesting. Okay, so. Mind, mind blown. Yes, a lot uh, all over the place. I, I need to like rewind and listen to you say that all again so I can absorb it a little bit better. When I've tried keto before and what ends up happening with my keto is I eat a lot of cheese and I don't think I'm supposed to do that because there's dairy there. So I've stopped that. Talk to me about it. Now, that's the thing when my practice is it's a lot of autoimmune people. So it's it's paleo keto is what I say. Dairy-free keto, grain-free keto. Most keto is grain-free, but you can't go eating junk and you can't go eating keto ice cream and keto pizza and keto crackers and keto cookies and expect to be in ketosis. I think it's real food first, uh, especially in an autoimmune case, real food first, then gluten-free. In fact, I have a, I have a concept called the 10 steps of autoimmune eating. And step one is like real food. And step two is processed sugar. And step three is maybe gluten. And step four is maybe dairy. And so it's all steps. But paleo keto, I think is necessary. The other thing that I think is necessary, or just I highly encourage is measuring your ketones. 
I had two patients text me today who are doing keto. One has Hashis, so autoimmunity Hashimoto's, and his ketones were 0.6. And another has rheumatoid arthritis and Hashis, and she her ketones were also 0.6, maybe 0.5. And so both of these are people who would tell their friends, hey, I'm doing keto. And they might say, hey, I'm doing keto, it's not working for me. But that's not, that, that's not ketosis at 0.5, 0.6. You need to be much higher. They need to stick with it, and they need to continue hacking and tracking. So I think that a lot of people aren't measuring their ketones, and so they're frustrated. They're like, why am I not getting the results that I read about online, or why am I not getting the weight loss that I saw on Instagram, or like, why is my brain not so clear? And so there's, a, a, there's some ways to hack keto, but keto also gets a bad rap, you know, at times. But it's like, a natural state of your body to be able to switch back and forth between carb burning and fat burning. If we put every one of us on a deserted island, in five days, we're all going to be producing ketones, every single one of us. It's not like a, a special thing of it didn't work for me or it didn't work for somebody else. It'll work for anybody. We just have to work with your physiology. We also briefly talked about it in the last time that we talked about gut health, that sometimes if your gut health isn't good, then keto doesn't work right for you. And that's, that might be the case with dairy or with something else that's, you know, you're over consuming if it's eggs or if it's, you know, you have gallbladder issue, you don't deal well with fats. There's a lot of moving pieces, uh, but keto diet is great for anything neurologically. Okay. Wow. Again, lots to unpack there. So when you say measure your keto, I want to know, <laughs> I want to know how to do it. And what are good numbers to be at? I figure, Edie, with these 10-minute sex segments, I got to pack as much power into this short amount that I can. But you do it with a you do it with a blood meter, you know. And if I I wish I had mine here. I actually have an old. This is an old one called the Precision Extra, but it's just it's a blood meter. It's got a finger finger pricker, you know. So you make that's the thing that sucks about it, but. You prick your finger. I measure mine a few times today. I'm doing it right now. I don't always do it by any means, but you get a blood drop and you want to see. So 0.5 to 3.0 is, is functional ketosis. Now I've had patients. I had a patient once. You're going to love this. She did a 28 day water fast, all water. Yes, you heard me. The longest fast on record is is over 400 days, and it can be very, very healing in many ways. Uh, I've had patients do 21 day, and I didn't I didn't put them on this, put them up to this by any means. But we do a lot. Of, we do some fasting, extended fasting, usually four days, two days. But her she maxed out the meter. I had somebody in January, I know that was measuring that that I remember that did four day fast, and one two people did it at the same time, and one went up to 6.5, the other one up to 5.8 or something. So 0.5 to three is realistic and on a realistic day in the ones is is really good but i like to say that ketones are fat smoke so where there's smoke there's fire so when you can measure ketones you're burning fat but those ketones are also brain fuel so that fat smoke is fuel for the brain and neurons can use ketones as an alternative fuel source so if you have blood sugar ups and downs which is not good for neurons ketones can come in as a as a reverse fuel source so it's kind of like if you have a checking account and a savings account and one goes dry and you're like no big deal i just can just pull out of the other one that's that's it's kind of backup fuel supply okay so you're saying keep those ketones at like an even level and even or as high as you can get them but it's hard to you without fasting it's hard to get them above like two or three or even into the twos you know if you did an intermittent fasting and this would take some time, you know, so you even intermittent fast 
you know, 24 hours, that's not going to, that's not going to do it. But if you're on like, let's say a 16, eight schedule for some time and a low carb diet, let's say within you know two, three weeks, your ketones will be up to 1.5, 2.0 by about the time that you break your fast. When you're in the most fat burning mode, when you just haven't eaten for 16 hours or so, then you measure those ketones and that's when they're going to be the highest. And that's all you want to see is just maybe once a day or, or something, see how high am I hitting with my ketones. Another part of this conversation is measuring blood sugar. So most of the meters do ketones and blood sugar that you can do, you know, 10 times a day and it's not overkill. It's really important for MS to know your blood sugar, how your body's responding to foods. Are you getting any crashes? Are you getting any spikes? And where that's at, it's it's the same conversation, but it's not necessarily the ketones. But often you have to measure your blood sugar first because ketones won't rise until blood sugar comes down. So as blood sugar comes down, then ketones will begin to rise. So both are very valuable. So I had a guy today text me and he said, my blood sugar is 65. Ketones are 0.5. I said, you feel okay? Like that's that's not good. You should eat. You should eat. And he said, no, I feel a little shaky. So you don't want that blood sugar dropping until you have ketones and really you know if you're not diabetic i see really more blood sugar drops in a lot of autoimmune people as well and that's all mitochondrial Ooh, we're gonna get into that a little bit in the next episode see he's he's good this this man is good he's a professional podcaster himself so we you talked about measuring your keto now let me let me ask you real quick before we go when i started doing the keto I went on Amazon, my favorite place on the planet, and I purchased this container of what it said measuring keto. And then you pee in a little cup and you put the stick in there. That's not good enough, right? You're saying I need to know my number. That's, in my opinion, it's not, you know, a lot of people do that. So it's better than nothing. And it's like, there's good, better, best. And so it's good to know, are you producing ketones? But you don't want to be peeing them out. You want to be using them. So if they're in your blood, there's there's a difference of, of just excreting them, but also it gives you a number. So a lot of people, they're producing ketones, but again, they're at 0.5. So what I always say is you could be within range. And if you're at 0.8 or 1.6 or 2.4, 1.6 is twice as many ketones and 2.4 is three times more ketones. So you can tell, are am I in mild ketosis? Am I in strong ketosis? I'm, I'm in you know, 0. 0.4, 0.5 on pretty much every day. And a lot of people are, you know, you know, athletes and things like that are like just a lot of people tend to be that if they eat low carb without even trying. You know, a lot of people say I could do paleo, but I can't do keto. But paleo, most people are going to be producing ketones on a better doing a whole 30 or something like that. But mild versus strong ketosis matters for the brain. And that's what I told the guy that texted me today. I said, we got to get those ketones up because he's having some neuro symptoms and we tested him for neuroantibodies for neuroautoimmunity and it came back negative thank goodness so we don't think he's headed down the ms path but he's still having a lot of neuro stuff so we want those ketones higher i think we could keep talking about this for about an hour or so we don't have that time today so he's gonna come back one more time and hit us with that mitochondrial stuff so remember everybody to measure your ketones but also to continue to measure your blood sugar as well, just as important. Dr. Taylor Crick, will you please tell us where people can find you? Autoimmune Doc Podcast on iTunes or anywhere podcasts can be found. 
Find me on YouTube, Autoimmune Doc, or Wash Wellness Center, or www.washwellnesscenter.com uh, is my clinic's website, and I'm on Instagram as Autoimmune Doc. Wonderful. Okay, everybody, please, please check him out. Plethora of information. We are just tipping on this iceberg a little bit. Check out his information. It will do your body good. Thanks, Dr. Taylor. Keep thriving. Thank you, Edie. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Keep thriving.